We are back on the rhythm of reading the Word of God. If you are here for the first time, we've been journeying over a over a year now in the Word, and essentially what we've done is is that we've gone through the entire New Testament, and now we're reading through the entire Old Testament. Uh, we've read from Genesis, and now we are in the Book of Psalms, and we are actually beginning the fifth book in the Book of Psalms, and you know it's been in a transformative uh, journey uh, for many of you. Uh, there are a lot of you guys who, you know, you, your questions have always been, you know, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? And and the Bible can be so confusing and the Bible is, it's so challenging. And man, the Bible is so big. It's so thick. I mean, look at this. Look how, look how thick this book is. It is so thick. And I mean, who reads through it? Not only is this book thick, but the pages in this book are so thin, like they're like super thin pages. Like, how can you get through this? And it's almost as if it, it's the super spiritual people that only get to read through this whole thing. But like regular Christians, no, uh, regular Christians, you know, we, we, you know, we, we can't get through the whole Bible. No, that's not possible. It's not possible for us to, to get through the whole scripture. Um, we got to leave it to the experts to do that. We got to leave it to the experts to read through the whole Bible. And yet, here we are, together, spending half a Netflix episode a day, y'all, half a Netflix episode a day. And with half a Netflix episode a day, we've been able now to go through the entire New Testament. And now we're halfway through the Old Testament. Um, and so it's just been, it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful uh, to see that we've gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, um, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. Right, and now we are in the Book of Psalms, and we are finishing up the Book of Psalms. Instead, and as I mentioned to you before, it isn't the Book of Psalms, but it's more like the books of Psalms five books to be more specific. And now we're reading the last book in the book or the books of Psalms. And so we'll be in Psalm 107. The whole thing about what we do here is not to, uh, it's not a Bible study. This is a time of scriptural meditation. Okay. And what I mean by that is we're not here to break down, exposit, exegete, and, you know, break down scripture and you know, uh, cross-reference scripture, do an inductive Bible study. No, this is not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is, is we are committing our time together in the reading of the word to hear from God. And so our posture is going to be, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? Same question would be, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? Okay. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to read the mixtape that was compiled by the children of Israel. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you brought us here. Father, we've gone through the book of Psalms and it's been a journey just through this book. Um, it's been a 
slow grind and a slow pace as we've navigated through it. But Lord, you're revealing so much to us even through it. And we just, we're grateful, Lord, that as we are um, steeping ourselves into this book, Lord, that you are uh, placing your heart on us, that you are infusing your grace upon us, empowering us and allowing us to see you for who you are. Father, bless us, Lord, as we engage in your word. I pray that um, your grace will be with each and every person who's listening to this right now, who's watching this right now, who's attentive in this moment. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak to each and every person as we ask the question of your will, your desire, not only uh, for your people, but for each and every one of us individually. Reveal who you are. Reveal your heart. Reveal your will. Convict us. Correct us. Empower us. Encourage us in whatever way you believe necessary as we engage in your word. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's do it, y'all. Psalm 107. If you can, go ahead and take your Bible there. And we are going to read his word as it is written, beginning in Psalm 107. And it says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of their trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men, like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble 
and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. <laughs> calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of the men, to the children of men, sorry. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness and water springs into dry ground and fruitful land into barrenness and wickedness of those who dwell in it. He turns a wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs that he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. And so fields and plant vineyards that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them that they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease. <clears throat> when they are diminished and brought low through oppression and affliction and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet he sets the poor on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice, and all iniquity stops its mouth. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Pay attention here. It's one thing I want to point out as we read this. Notice that this is a song. Notice that this is a song. And notice that the song has a chorus. And the chorus of Psalm 107 is, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's the chorus of the song. And we see that repeated uh, three times in that song. Next song. Psalm 108. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and your glory above all the earth, that your beloved may be delivered. Save with your right hand and hear me, God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the helmet of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom, I will cast my shoe. Over Philistia, I will triumph. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, who cast us off? And you, O oh God, who did not go out with our armies, give us help from trouble. For the men, for a help of man is useless. Though God, sorry, through God we will do valiantly. For it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Hmm. It is he who shall tread down our enemies. Psalm 109. Do not keep silent, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. 
They have surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. Thus, they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked man over him and let the accuser stand at his right hand, for he is judged. Let him be found guilty and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Goodness, David. Let his children continually be vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also from their desolate places. Let the creditor seize all that he has. Let the strangers plunge his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy to him. Nor let there be any favor. Sorry, not nor let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off. And in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them continually be before the Lord, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because he did not remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, as with his garment, so let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be to him like the garment who, which covers him. And for a belt, with which he girds himself continually. Let this be the Lord's reward to his accusers and to those who speak evil against my person. But you, O God the Lord, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken off like locusts. My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh is feeble from the lack of fatness. I also have become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their hands. Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my accusers be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own disgrace as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those who condemn him. Hmm. Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send a rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He has executed kings in the days of his wrath 
He shall judge among the nations and shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries and shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. It's a lot there. (laughs) Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. Until he sees his desire upon his enemies, he is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his feet and melt away the desire of the wicked will perish. Hmm. Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord, our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with princes and his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
Psalm 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. I'm going to read that again. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. O mountains, that you skipped like rams. O hills, like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into mountains, or sorry, into a fountain of waters. Ah. Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The house of Aaron trusts in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Goodness gracious. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord nor any who, do, who go down in silence, but, he, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Praise the Lord. For the sake of expediency, I'm going to read to Psalm 118. And we're probably going to devote Psalm 119 to our next session. So I'm going to read up to that, and then I'll just share some thoughts. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pangs of death surround me. The pangs of Sheol lay 
hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of his people, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Psalm 117, two verses. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great towards us. The truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Last one for the day, Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surround me. Yes, they surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surround me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. 
open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go through them and I will sing praise to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and, I, and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders built rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is good and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifices with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. We're going to stop right here. Um, tomorrow for our next read and rant episode, we're going to be committing our time to reading uh, Psalm 119. Um, and it'll be encouraging to read through that. Psalm 119 is the largest uh, chapter in the Bible. And really that Psalm is actually a collection uh, as well. Um, I like that you said that, Mike, that it's the longest book ever. <laughs> I like that you put it that way. Um, you know, unlike some of the other books that we've read, um, the other books that we've, you know, navigated through, we kind of get through it quickly. The book of Psalms seems like a journey. It's a long journey. Um, just took us a lot longer to get to through Psalms than it has through any other book. And yes, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a big book. <laughs> it's a big book. But what's beautiful about the book of Psalms is, is that the book of Psalms, um, it's, it's the glue that brings the scripture together. It's the glue that binds the entire narrative of the Bible together. The book of Psalms is powerful because the book of Psalms brings everything we've read up to it into connectivity with what we're going to read after it. Um, the question is, where would you put the book of Psalms if we're going to put it anywhere? Why here? Why in the middle? I like that it's in the middle. I like that it's in the middle because it, it comes right after we just read the historical narrative of the text. It comes right after we've read through the story of the children of Israel going through the wilderness. It comes, and that was in the Torah, right? Genesis through uh, Deuteronomy. It comes after the story of Israel's conquest of Canaan, what we read in Joshua. It comes in Israel's demise in the land that was given to them. 
that we read in the book of Judges. It comes in Israel's dysfunction and cyclical brokenness that we find in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles. The thing about cyclical brokenness is that brokenness is always cyclical. Say that one more time. The thing, the thing about being broken is that when you're broken, you'll find yourself perpetuating cycles and you'll see the cycles. You can know what someone's brokenness is based off of the cycles in their lives. And yet the cycles, if you can pay close attention to your cycles, then you can pay close attention to what's broken. A good examination of your brokenness can be found in your cyclical behavior. If you have a cycle of picking the wrong man over and over again, there's a brokenness there. If you have the cycle of picking the wrong woman in your life over and over again, there's a brokenness there. If you have a cycle of infidelity, there's a brokenness there. If you have a cycle a cycle of of lying, there's a brokenness there. If you have a cycle of, you know, deep commitment and then quickly decommitting, once you get to a level of deep commitment and a time and a period of deep commitment, after a certain period of time, you walk away. There's a cycle of brokenness there. There's a cycle of brokenness if you find yourself unable to manage your finances. There's a cycle of brokenness. You see, you can find what's broken in you through the cycles in your life. Israel is broken. And we can see Israel's brokenness in Israel's cycles. And there are many forms of brokenness, many dimensions of brokenness. But with Israel, you see this consistent thread. Israel, while they were called to be a holy people, holy and separate, to be different, Israel couldn't help but want to desire and to be like those who are around them. Israel couldn't hold on to their holiness. They couldn't hold on to their distinctness because holiness is not about, I know people always talk about, well, holiness is right. You know, it's about holiness. It's about holiness. And often when we think of holiness, we think of perfection. Holiness is not perfection. When people say, well, God is holy, so we ought to be holy because God is holy. First of all, that's what God told the children of Israel. One. <laughs> and when he told them to be holy for I am holy, we miss it because we think what they're, what God is saying to them is be perfect for I am perfect. And holiness is not about perfection. God is perfect. And God is holy. And actually, his holiness is connected to his perfection. He is perfect, which is what makes him holy. But when he asked them to be holy, he asked them to be distinct, to be different, to be set apart. Yet Israel's perpetual brokenness came from Israel's proclivity to be 
or to desire to be like everyone else. You know where a lot of us fall apart. You know where a lot of us fall astray. We fall astray when we find ourselves looking at people around us and desiring to become like them. We fall apart and we make mistakes when we are so overly consumed with what everybody else is doing and how everybody else is acting and how everyone else is dressing and how everyone else looks. And we're so busy looking at everybody else and what everybody else is doing that we don't actually ask ourselves the most important question. It's not who people say I am. The question is, who does God say I am? And yet we don't have an identity devoid of or separate from or exclusive from everybody else. No, we have identities defined by everyone else. And that's why we struggle. And that's why we fall apart. And that's why we make mistakes. Our cycles of toxicity often come from our inability to simply know who we are based off of who God says we are. Israel's cycles of brokenness came from Israel's inability to truly know who Israel is. And so we see through the book of Judges, and you can go back and watch it on the Read and Rant podcast. Go to the previous episodes. We've been reading through this stuff. But when you read through the book of Judges, you see a people who rather than influencing everyone else around them, were being influenced by the people who were around them. And because they were being influenced by the people, they not only became those people, they became baseless versions of those people. You want to know, you want to know what the problem is with seeking to conform when God has created you to be distinct and unique is that whatever you conform into is a counterfeit of who God calls you to be. And it's a travesty because at least who you're looking at that you're trying to copy is authentic to who they are, but you know you're a counterfeit. So they at least have some form of social value, and yet you end up being one of no value because a counterfeit dollar is worth nothing. Counterfeit ain't worth, ain't worth much. And yet that's the consequence is when you seek to copy and to conform and to be like, and to measure yourself like everyone else and to do things like other people. When you look to be that person, you end up being valueless. You end up having no value because you're not authentically who God has called you to be. And here's the problem with Israel. Israel was a counterfeit Canaanite nation. And because they were a counterfeit Canaanite nation, they could not sustain the territory that was given to them. I'm sorry if I, I'm going to get to my point here. And because they could not sustain the territory that was given to them, 
the other nations around them came and overtook their land. And now we go through judges and then we go through kings and then the story of the chronicles, David, well, Saul, then David and Solomon. And then of course, Solomon and this Rehoboam and, and it just continues to break off and fracture because Israel doesn't know who Israel is. But here's why I love the book of Psalms. Because sometimes it takes you being exposed to get to truly know who you are. And Israel was exposed because without God, without his law, without his precepts, without what God gave these children, without what God gave these people, they had nothing to hold on to, nothing to stand on. They were a valueless people without him. As much as you try to fake the funk, family, as much as you try to fake it, as much as you try to fake it to make it, as much as you try to pretend, as much as you try to say, you know what, I'm just going to play the act. I'm going to play the role. As much as you try to do it, when push comes to shove, when the rubber meets the road and you get tested, you're going to get found out. You're going to get exposed. Because fake dollars eventually get caught. Fake currency eventually gets caught. There's going to be that one person and that one situation and that one instance that tests you in that moment that you're tested, you get exposed. But here's the beauty of it is that when you finally get exposed for the fake you, you have an opportunity in the midst of your brokenness to discover the real you. And it's when you discover the real you, that's when you truly can step into where God is calling you to be and get this. You won't know the real you until you discover who Christ is. You won't get to know who you are until you discover who Christ is. That's another conversation for another day because we haven't reached that resolution yet, but Israel has been found out. They got no power in their ideology. There was no power in their kings. And this is what they're being exposed to the reality. Notice what, what you're reading here. Again, I, there's so much to unpack here and I don't, I'm, I'm not here to unpack it. I'm here to just hear the, how the Lord is really working in me and through me as I'm reading this text. And you guys have an opportunity to eavesdrop into it and to see what the Lord is really speaking into my heart to me today. But as I'm reading this thing, it says it is better to trust in the Lord in Psalm 118 verses eight, than to put confidence in man. We see in the previous Psalm, sorry, in, in Psalm 116, when it says that he does not put trust in men or to put trust in princes. This whole time, they relied on those who were around them. They relied on assimilation. They relied on being like everybody else around them. And in the end, it did not hold them up. And in the end, it did not hold them up. The fake you, the counterfeit you, will not be able to hold up 
when you're going through a real situation, when you're going through a real circumstance, when things get real, the fake you won't be able to get through it. (laughs) It's funny how it takes real situations to actually bring the real you out because the fake you gets exposed and then your real you gets to finally truly discover who the real you is. So I find that people tend to find Christ not when things are good, not when it's all together. No, no, we tend to find Christ when we get found out. (laughs) And it's when we get found out and we get exposed for who you are, for who we are, that's when we truly discover this is who Christ is. That's when I discover that apart from him, I can do nothing. I thank God for the times of brokenness and the seasons of pain. And I thank God that, you know, I thank God for each and every one of us that have gone through bouts of pain and brokenness because it was in the midst of the pain and in the midst of the brokenness that we truly discovered who Jesus is. Because sometimes what needs to be found out is whatever fake version of us we use, whatever veneer, whatever facade we put in front of us that we've been using with people. No, it takes getting found out sometimes to truly know who you are. And Israel is being found out. Israel has been found out. Israel has been exposed. Israel got no power apart from God. Because it was no power that got them there. And because Israel has no power apart from God, here they are now in the midst of the brokenness and Psalms begins to piece together not just what happened to them, but how they have processed through what has happened to them. We get to see now a theology of experience where now you're reading this because, and again, we said this uh, uh, last time, we said that the beautiful thing about Psalms is Psalms gives us another perspective of the stuff that we already read. If you guys have been journeying with me, you guys have read all this stuff already. We've read about David, right? We've read about what happened to the children of Israel. We read about the 10 plagues. We read about all this stuff. We read about when they fell into captivity. We, we, we read about all of this, but now we get to see it from the perspective and through the lens of the people who went through it. We're not just reading about them anymore. Now we're journeying with them. And I love how Psalms is bringing it together because there's such a, there's a theological breadth and a theological depth to not understanding who God is from the context of the experience. And so the author has put it all together. And I, I, there, there's some highlights here that I want to bring out because notice what he's saying to them. I told you before, as we were reading, as we were reading the chorus in Psalm 107, what was the chorus? The chorus was, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. They begin to give us an assessment of how you begin to assimilate. The reason why we become fake is because we forget what God has done. We will fall into posturing. 
will fall into um, um, will fall into pretending, will fall into ideologies, will fall into philosophies, will fall into our intellectualism, will fall into all of that when we forget what God has done. And I think, what, did, what was it, just a, a few episodes ago, we talked about this, that spiritual amnesia is a killer. And usually the first prescription to falling off astray is forgetting what God has done unless we never experienced it, unless we've never known it, unless we've, we, we, we haven't seen the authenticity of it and experienced the authenticity of it. And yet notice what he's saying is in the, in the psalm, the psalmist is saying in the psalm that our thanksgiving is necessary. We have to continue to be thankful to him. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Not only are they giving thanks to the Lord, but they're giving thanks to the Lord to the children of men because my praise and my gratitude is not just from my own expression, but my praise and my gratitude is for others to be aware of what God has done in my life. You should never stop. Never. Um. Um, you should you should never stop thanking the Lord for what he's done, but you also should never stop proclaiming, never cease to proclaim the goodness of God for the sake of your own salvation, for the sake of your own walk, for the sake of your own. You must always persist in that. Another side note, because I, I, I'm just going to throw this out. This is a rant. It's all over the place. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's hard not to read through the book of Psalms and not see Jesus. It's hard not to read through the book of Psalms and not see the images and the symbolisms of Jesus. It's hard not to see it. It's not just, it's hard not to see how Jesus poetically lives out the book of Psalms in his years that he's on the earth dwelling, tabernacling with his people. And he tabernacled with us. He was the tabernacle. He walked along with us as the tabernacle moved along the wilderness. And yet we see the work of Jesus as it is being poetically um, um, rendered. uh, As we see this poetic rendition in the book of Psalms, we see Jesus expressing these, manifesting these through his life. Look what it says in Psalm 107. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. Verse 29, he calms the storm so that its waves are still. Go back and read the gospels when Jesus did those very things. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful, powerful image of Christ. You cannot read Psalms and not see Jesus. And as you read through the text, this assurance that they have in victory, I love how they're still, remember, I told you, the book of Psalms is the mixtape. It's a mixtape. And, and the reason why it's written in this way and, 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 the, and the reason why it's compiled in this way is it's compiled for the children of Israel to be ministered to, to be shaped, to be molded during their time of distress during their time of exile. And notice it says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens in Psalm 108. Reminding them, and your glory above all the earth. 
verse 12. But while you are being exalted, give us help from trouble. For the help of man is useless. However, through God, we will do valiantly. For it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Do you see a shift happening here? I hope you're beginning to read the fifth book. Because remember, the, the, the Psalms is not a book. Psalms is a collection of books and a collection of songs curated over time for the children of Israel during their time of captivity, written by multiple authors, uh, the sons of Korah, David, Asaph, um, some we don't know, Solomon, others. And it's all being put together. And so we see this now. And we see that these people would sing these songs during the time of oppression. But now notice from the beginning, it was a time of weeping and lament. We see a lot of lamenting and yet praising in the midst of lament. Now what we see is we see more praising, even though there's still hints of lament. And he's saying, as I spoke from the beginning, is this is the problem when the people of God begin to assimilate to culture, to society, to those who are around them, rather than to know who they are. They get exposed. And when they get exposed, they come back in lament and their lament is a praise. Stay with me here because I'm, I'm, I'm done. This is where I'm going to close out on. The lament is the praise. Here's the part a lot of us don't want to hear and we don't like, and we're just being shaped into this. But a lot of things we don't like is we want to just simply give God praise for what he's done. Knowing what he's done compels us to praise. But lamenting what has transpired in our lives as a result of who God is, is a form of praise as well. Notice what he says. Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. God, this is what I used to be. I used to depend on people. I used to, I used to depend on, I know somebody knows what I'm talking about. And there's some people going through this right now. I used to depend on a pastor. I used to depend on, um, you know, people in my church. I used to depend on my mother. I used to depend on my father. All my hope was in my boyfriend or my girlfriend. All my hope was in my wife or my husband. All my hope was in all these people. And, and I defined myself and I established my identity all through these people. And yet, look, I've come to realize that the version of me that was a condition or function of or defined by those who were around me meant nothing. And so when I come to that understanding and that awareness and that recollection, that is a form of praise. Because now knowing what they are not points me now to the only thing I can have hope in, 
and that's in Christ. And yet, what I think is so beautiful about this is that when you get exposed, this is for the counterfeit Christians. Counterfeit Christians are simply cultural Christians. And here's the problem is that there's a lot of folk who the problem that they have with Christians and the problem that they have with church is really a problem that they have with counterfeits. <laughs> and let me just use this analogy real quick since we've been stuck on this counterfeit for a while. <laughs> Stick with me for a second because I want you to hear this. If you went to a store with a $100 bill and you show up and you pick up whatever item you're looking to pick up, maybe you're picking up groceries. So you go and you pick up groceries. And after you go and pick up groceries, you get in line and you're looking forward to cashing out because you got to get to get on with your day and you get there. And once you get there, they ring all the groceries and all the stuff. And then all of a sudden you give them the dollar, the hundred dollar bill. And then once you give them the hundred dollar bill, you know, they do this one thing where they start looking up and to see whether or not the dollar bill has a little strip inside of it to see if it's real. And then they may take out a marker and they may put the marker and they may write up, you know, just kind of just, you know, write a line on the marker just to make sure that it's real. And let's say they write the line, they look, and then they tell you, Hey, this dollar bill is fake. You leave the store embarrassed. You leave the store going, oh, snap. But here's my question for you is, are you mad at $100 bills? Or are you mad that you were given a counterfeit version of it? You wouldn't be mad and say to yourself, I'll never, ever get a $100 bill again. What you would say is, nah, I'm going to go and find who gave me this fake $100 bill and not go back to that person. And I'm going to go and find a real $100 bill. And when I find a real $100 bill, I'm going to use that. And from here on out, I'm going to make sure I discipline myself to know when I'm getting the real thing or the fake thing. Here's what I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people, they get a fake version of Christianity and then they realize that it gets them nowhere. And so then from here on out, rather than going and finding the real thing, they simply say, there ain't no real Christianity out here. Christianity is not a real thing. It's fake. And they move on not realizing they're missing out on the eternal goodness of what it truly means to be a follower of the way. Instead of following counterfeit versions, I want to encourage you, assess it, put a marker over it and see whether or not it truly reflects what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And maybe what you lost was not a Christianity problem, but rather a counterfeit problem. Maybe you had a counterfeit version and because of the counterfeit, 
you got nothing out of it. Today we're being reminded, even through all this reading, and I love that we're getting, getting to Psalm 119, we're being reminded of a children of a children who are anticipating the coming of this messianic king who's going to restore all things and make all things right. But in the midst of it, what they're coming to an understanding of and an awareness of is that up to this point, we've been trusting in something other than God. Because we trusted something other than God, we ended up with nothing. So from here on out, our trust will not be in men. Our trust will not be in princes. Our trust will not be in what people say, but it will be in our own personal encounter with Jesus Christ. It will be God himself. So today, let's get out of counterfeit faith. Let's get out of counterfeit Christianity. And let's speak authentically into who God is from our own authentic experiences. This is an invitation to those of us who are still churchy. This is an invitation to spend more time with Jesus, to get to know him for who he is. Father, I just ask today, Lord, as we um, are reading this, it's almost impossible not to juxtapose the experience of these people to the experience of your people today experience of the chosen people of Israel to the experience of your chosen people, the church. Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would guide us. Help us see, Lord, what we're putting our trust in. Help us see what we're defining ourselves by. Teach us, Lord God, what it means for us to be distinct and to not be counterfeits. Teach us, Lord God. And if we have to be tested, let us be tested and let the test expose what is not real. Father, reveal to us your goodness and your grace and your mercy towards us. That in the end, we will say, as the psalmist says in Psalm 109, but you, O God, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy, your mercy is always good. So bless us, Lord, as we Go on through this day, Lord, that in anticipation for what you will be doing in the days to come, Lord, that you will give us more clarity, more understanding of the work that you were doing through the children of Israel and what that means for us today. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Love y'all. Love y'all very much. Um, again, guys, I click the link in bio if you're interested in how you can support um join my mailing list my email list as well that link is also in the bio um join my text list or you can just text me uh, 954-231-1848 954-231-1848 uh, we'll be back here tomorrow we're gonna we, we might get through the book of psalms this week um and that'll be cool uh, and then we're gonna get into proverbs but that'll be that'll be really cool um to get into it <clears throat> 